Hello, and welcome to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. And we're back at you with another episode, just in time for the beginning of Advent, our preparation for Christmas. And we want to use that theme to talk about some things related to the holiday season. Last year, we did an episode called More Human for the Holidays. And in that, Sally, you and I talked about some things that people can do and that we try to do. And these are all aspirational um, to have a more human preparation for Christmas, have a more human holiday season, because I think it's very important to not lose sight of this is very cliche, but the reason for the season and our our secular culture loves to make Christmas all about toys and gifts and various consumables. And it's important to take a step back and not let yourself get swept away by all of that. Those things all have their place, but that's not the reason for the season. Yeah, so, and just kind of the cultural pressure too to do all the things and check all the boxes and have all your ducks in a row before the big reveal on Christmas Day and then you're kind of done. And I think that that is a pressure that everybody can feel whether you're trying to celebrate Advent or not. And that's that's kind of part of the trying to be more human during these, during these weeks and months as well. Exactly. So- Last year, as I mentioned, we did that episode. We encourage you to go back and listen to that because we're not going to rehash those themes. We might mention a few of them here and there again, but the intent is not to make another version of More Human for the Holidays. But today we want to talk more specifically about a theme that came through maybe a little bit last year, but that Sally um, has been thinking about a lot and encouraging me to think about as well. And so she had this idea to do an episode on making room. And more specifically, making room for Christmas or making room for Christ as we are entering this Advent season. So we have a, a number of ideas along the theme of making room. And so let's just let's just go ahead and get started here and talk about making room in your house. Okay, so it, usually during the Christmas time, whether you give one gift to your kids or you give mon- many gifts, you're going to be getting new things into in your house. And one way that we can make room for those new things is to get rid of some of our old things. And that might mean just paring down and giving some things to Goodwill or finding alternate uses or finding things that are broken that you that just need to be thrown out. But making room in your house for maybe anticipating presents that are coming from from family members outside of your house or from you to your kids. Yeah. And I think really making room for presence incoming is only one reason to make room. I think also when you're doing that and you're going through the things that you have and identifying what you have that you don't need, one, it allows you to be able to give those things to other people. So, you know, I think a really good, uh, and we do this for Lent as well. You do your 40, 40 bags for 40 days thing. But um, I, I think a really good thing is to go through your house and figure out what do I not need that other people can use. And so, um, you know, what do you have? You have more than one winter coat or do you have a winter coat that's hanging up in your closet that you never used? I mean, I know I have clothes that I don't use. And so I need to go through my clothes and figure out what I can take to Goodwill or the, the Salvation Army or United Way or whatever local charity in your, you know, St. Vincent de Paul Society, whatever local charity gives things away to Uh, those who don't have money to buy for themselves. So I think that's another really good thing. And another thing that you can do when you're making room in your house is think about how you're making room for people to come over. And I think this, this ties into our next make room, which is make room for hosting. Yeah. I think um, we, we can often just feel bogged down in the preparation that's involved during this season of Thanksgiving and Advent and Christmas and New Year's. And 
we, it, for, for some of us, I guess me, who's an introvert, it can feel easier to just focus on what you need to do in your home, focus on what you need to do for your kids, focus on getting the meals that you need for your family, but then forget that you could add another family to your dinner um, plans or add just a, a person to your dinner plans. And last year on the more human in the holidays episode, we talked about having one family or one person or one couple over each week of Advent. And we tried to carry that through through the rest of the year. And I feel like we did a pretty good job that even, even in a feeling, even in a, um, a week or a month or a year that feels busy and crazy for your, for your family, that you can still open up your home to other people and your home doesn't have to be perfectly clean. It doesn't have to be perfectly organized. It, you don't have to have this beautiful, lavish dinner. Um, you don't have to, you know, you can use paper plates. <laughs> there's just, there's so many ways to take the pressure off yourself and just realize just having someone over for a meal is, is a wonderful gift and a wonderful way, a wonderful way to remember, um, how, how we should be making room for the stranger in our midst as, as, um, Christ is off, sometimes a stranger comes as a stranger in the midst of our lives and, um, how he admits us into his life. Yeah. And I think another, another part of this to recognize is that when we're making room, you don't need to have a lot of room, right? right. And, and we yeah. talked with Leah Labresco about this a few months ago and she was describing how they don't have much room for hosting, but they do it anyway. And so the idea is not make a ton of space so that you can host, but the idea is psychologically make room for hosting in your own mind, right. but also, you know, make sure that your, that your, your home, no matter how small is ready to, to host and show openness to strangers and friends alike. Yeah. I mean, when we have another family over, our table is very, very squished, but people don't mind. And it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, you can get creative too. You have little, you have kids set at a Little, a little kids, kids table, table yeah. you know, in, in the adjacent room or whatever. Um, but I think it works out, Sally, that I'm an extrovert and you're an introvert because my tendency would be to go out in the holidays and do all the holiday parties and do all the holiday shopping and sort of, I mean, I, I have my limits. I hate the mall, for example, around the holiday season or something. I, I yeah. can't do, I can't do that. I definitely have my limits, but my tendency is to focus on those external things and the problem is that that comes at the expense of the internal things. And so I think this is another thing that we need to be talking about is making room for self-care and for continuing your own family rhythms and certainly the formation of your children in the midst of this season. Yeah, I think there's kind of two aspects. When I think of the busyness of the holiday season, I think of all of the things that our family could participate in and all the things, the traditions that we want to do and the things that we want to take part in as, as you're mentioning, but then also all the extra family time, because whether you're spending the holidays in, with Thanksgiving with your family or part of Christmas with family or sometime in between with family, um, you, you, there's just, there's a lot more activity going on and it can be easy to, to lose your natural routines, whether that's your personal routines of self-care, of sleep, of eating well, of exercising, of praying, um, or your family rhythms of bedtime and reading stories together and praying together as a family and sitting down for meals together. And it can be easy to just say, oh, well, I'll just pick it back up again in January. But when January comes, you realize, wow, I just spent, you know, two months of not having my normal routines. And that's, that can be a long time. Yeah, it can definitely be a long time and it can be very disruptive when you are trying to go back into those routines. Yeah, and detrimental to your health and hard for your kids to wrap their mind around, oh, now we're going back to what we did in October. And I think maintaining these these rhythms is especially important when you're, for example, like we're going to be on the road visiting family 
And we're going to your family this year, Sally, and we're both looking forward to it. Our kids are very much looking forward to seeing Mimi and Papa and all their aunts and uncles and cousins. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But it's also important, I think, in the midst of all that, you know, when you're in a, a crowded house with lots of people um, to to maintain family rhythms and make sure that that you are keeping good habits alive and well despite or in the midst of all the reveling and feasting and there's you know reveling and feasting is fantastic and it's that's what holidays and feasts are made for so that's good to do but also to to make sure that you're not setting yourself up for failure when you and your family come back from that yeah just kind of checking in with yourself personally how you're feeling and with your kids um it, it can be easy to feel overwhelmed in the midst of that. And even while you're having fun, you can be be perfectly happy, but still um, kind of feel a little scattered and crazy. And I think there's, as I mentioned, just a little pressure to check all the boxes and do all the things, whether that's family-related things or um, social, uh, cultural things with your church or with your school. And rather than worrying that people are going to think that you're a Scrooge, you should just not, not worry about what people think and do what you need to do to stay sane and do what you need to do for your kids to stay sane. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And another, another challenge that I know many people have, we Sally, I think are um, blessed to not have this in our families, but some people go and, you know, there's that like old cliche about the crazy uncle who has diametrically opposing political views from you. Right. And how do you, how do you talk to your uncle about this at Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know, around the dinner table? And like I said, we don't have that problem, which is, um, I, you know, wonderful, <laughs> but for people who do, I, I would just encourage you to, um, you know, make room in your heart for recognizing the other. And this goes along the theme that Sally, you were talking about with make room for the stranger in your midst. And I'm not saying that your crazy uncle is a stranger, but you, you know, and you shouldn't certainly view him as a stranger. Um, but even if his views are, uh, you know, to you horrible or repugnant, or they at least make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, do your best to show him love and make room in your heart for him. Because, um, I don't think that the holidays are just all about loving each other. I think that, you know, these holidays have, well, Thanksgiving is a different thing entirely, but Christmas has its roots in, uh, the Christian recognition of Jesus Christ, God made man come to earth to save us. And he comes as a stranger in our midst in the most humble of circumstances, unrecognizably um, or almost unrecognizably. And so with that backdrop to the Christmas season, we would all do well to remember uh, as an example, this person who comes as a stranger into our midst. And I'm not comparing your uncle to Jesus. What I am saying is that we are called to recognize Jesus among us and we're called to recognize the face of Jesus in all of, in, in every human person. And when you make room in your heart to recognize that image of God in every human person, I think you'll be much better for it. So this doesn't mean that your uncle is wrong on his views or right on his views. This, and it doesn't mean that you are wrong on your views. It just means that you need to recognize uh, and practice the gift of charity in all of your interactions. And so that might mean just not confronting your uncle, right? It, just, it might just mean staying silent and listening because sometimes that's all that is necessary to open up dialogue and bridge divides and sometimes change minds. Um, but your your goal, I think, should never be to change minds. Your goal should be to demonstrate love and show charity. Yeah, and sometimes that means sacrificing our own personal preferences and desires in the moment. Maybe we don't want to have that conversation or we don't want to have to interact with that person. Um, but, but well, we, it's, it's kind of hard because we have to hold intention, both the, the need to take care of yourself and mentally and spiritually, 
um, but also to give of yourself to other people. And whether that's not just your own children, but these, the people that you don't see, but once a year. Exactly. Yeah. And I think maybe the final thing on making room, have have we missed anything? I was going to do the make room for, make room your schedule for your own devotions. Yeah. I think before that, I was thinking that one way we can make room in our hearts and our minds for the coming of Christ and for the reason for the season, as we said, is to avoid a lot of the emphasis on shopping and materialism. And we talked about that. Oh, of course. Yeah. This is really important. Yeah. We talked about that last year. And one of the ways that we try to do that is to get a lot of our shopping done before the quote unquote shopping season. I'm going to correct you here. You try to get a lot of our shopping done before Christmas because I am a last minute shopper big time. And you have been running around like crazy getting everything that we need to, to send to family far and near and give each other here in this house. Uh, and I have been very aloof from that process. So I'm sorry. I, I just have a very hard time planning that far ahead. So to our listeners who are thinking, I can't possibly finish my shopping before December 1st. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful that Sally has taken lead on this and Sally, I'm sorry that I have not been more involved in this, but, uh, Sally does run by run all the gifts by me and we, we confer and then I forget what we ever talked about. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's helpful in, in giving yourself space during the actual Advent season to not have to worry about the gifts and to not be pressured when you say to give buy yourself things. space. Are you saying give yourself room? <laughs> <laughs> room. Exactly. <laughs> to give yourself to, to allow for room in your heart and your mind. Cause you're, you're done thinking about the presents. And even if that means two weeks before Christmas, it doesn't have to be four weeks or five weeks before Christmas that you're all done with your shopping. But if we can avoid just this emphasis on materialism and on getting and on receiving and even just, you know, giving physical things, if we can focus instead on, on, um, preparing our hearts. Yeah. I think last year we talked about REI's opt outside campaign. So they close on black Friday, which is awesome. And they say, we're not going to do a black Friday sale. Instead, we encourage you to go outside and spend time with each other. Yeah. Amazing. Love the marketing campaign that is contrasted with what we saw last night, Sally, when we were watching Hulu, we were were trying to watch a show on Hulu and ads every like two minutes. It felt like it was crazy. Advertising. Black Friday sales starting at 5 a.m. Oh, starting the night before. A huge problem. Yeah, we saw Bass Pro Shops and you made the astute observation that if if anybody should do opt outside like REI does, it's it's an outdoor, you know, sporting company like Bass Pro Shops. Also, I don't know, I think they need to adjust their targeting algorithms because we're not we're not Bass Pro Shops kinds of people, so we're not gonna go to Bass Pro Shops and <laughs> buy anything ever. Um but I digress. Uh it was just it was driving the point home to us yesterday as we were trying to watch the show that uh, advertising is a huge problem and everybody who sells anything around the holiday season is has a financial has a financial interest in getting you focused on spending money and buying things and just getting totally immersed in this very materialist mindset that we have around this season it's all right. about buying things for people it's all about getting the best deal on things And it's good to just avoid that. And like Sally said, get yourself early so that you can be checked out, you know, by the time Christmas actually does roll around. Right. And Um, checked in to the right things. Exactly. You make room. Yeah. And I think it sets a good example. If you have kids, it sets a good, it can set a good example for your kids to just show them that you're trying to put the first things first. Now I will say some people might come back and say, you know, that's, I hear you, Zach and Sally, the reason I wait for so long is because you get really good deals. So, you know, so black Friday, for example, amazing. What do they call them? Door 
door buster deals or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's true. I mean, yeah, it's true that people run holiday sales around Christmas time because they know you're shopping. I would just counter that if you, if you really buy into this mindset of prepping for Christmas in advance, you can prep throughout the year, really. There's nothing stopping you from planning throughout the year and you'll be able to find good deals throughout the year. There's always sales going on at every major retailer, uh, including Amazon, which has its prime day in the, what is that? June or July middle of the year. So you can do it. Now, it might be too late for you this year. And if you're set on getting those sales, um, you know, that's that, I guess. But maybe think about it for next year and try to be a little bit more proactive, maybe months ahead. And I understand this is the pot calling the kettle black. Not all of you are married to a long term planner like I am who can take care of gifts far in advance. And I recognize that and I am not passing judgment, but I'm saying it does help us when we uh, we using the editorial. We Sally does I, Christmas shopping ahead of time. Each year I've gotten earlier and earlier with my with my present shopping. That's true. So it's to give myself more and more room <laughs> during the month of December, during the Advent season. Pretty soon it'll be December 26th and they'll be like, so I was thinking about next year. <laughs> no, that's Christmas. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, th that's the other thing, 12 days of Christmas. Make room in your schedule to actually celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. And you can do that by saving some of your celebrations for the actual Christmas season. Exactly. Christmas so Christmas season starts the 25th. This is a really countercultural idea, but what if, you know, you normally go caroling on December 20th? What if you go caroling on December 27th when you're just keeping the Christmas spirit alive as we celebrate the third day of Christmas? What if, if you have a family tradition of watching It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve, what if you do that instead on December 28th, the fourth day of Christmas? Or making cookies. Exactly. So all these types of things, um, you know, say you can save room. You can make your pre-Christmas a little bit less hectic. Uh, save some of that feasting. Save some of that... That, um, that reveling. Yeah, for the 12 days of Christmas. Now, I will say this is pretty easy to do between Christmas and New Year's, but after New Year's Day, you know, the New Year's Day is obviously a federal holiday. Starting January 2nd, everyone's just back at it, back in the grind. Even though January 2nd is the, the ninth day of Christmas. And it's hard to keep the Christmas momentum going when everyone else is like, no, we're back to work. Holidays are over. New Year's resolutions are in full swing. We're doing our post-holiday diets, etc. It's a challenge, but, uh, but you're up for it. <laughs> I have faith. Um, okay, so the final thing that we did want to talk about on the make room theme. And probably the most important. I think so. Yeah, that's why we saved it for last. Make room in your schedule for devotions. And by devotions, I mean those practices that you are, you have inculcated or are trying to inculcate in your own life that draw you closer to Jesus Christ. And to go back to our very cliche reason for the season, it's all of this is moot if we are going through our Advent and our Christmas season and losing sight of that most important thing. So, uh, if anything, Advent and Christmas is a time to double down on these devotional practices that draw you closer to God, not to lose sight of them in the midst of. Yeah, not to say I'll just wait till January and then I'll pick it back up again. Exactly. So, you know, some practical ideas for you might be to start praying morning and evening prayer throughout Advent or perhaps to do evening prayer at the dinner table with your family. Um, it's, just find an Advent devotional book that will help you stay on target for the whole season. And there are plenty of them out there. This is, uh, I think it's a good thing, but Advent is becoming more and more of a, a sort of recognized devotional season. In, Across denominations. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's a good thing. There are, there are plenty of Advent resources for you, and I encourage you to pick those up. But make room in your daily schedule. And it, it, it doesn't have to be complex and it doesn't have to be even particularly long, but just make rooms, right? So if you want to set aside 15 or 30 minutes every morning, you're going to set your alarm that much earlier just so you can have time of prayer and reflection, meditation, 
a devotional reading, whatever the case is, but make room in your schedule for that type of thing. Um, I think that is the most important and can help us keep focused and make room for Christ as we approach Christmas. Yeah, some traditions think of Advent as a mini Lent, just as Lent is a preparation um, and a time period of preparation before Easter. Advent is that mini um, season of anticipation. Yes, for Christmas. Yeah, so I mean, it's a it's a, it's an especially appropriate time to add a spiritual practice to your schedule if you haven't already. Um, you could, for example, commit to eating vegetarian through Advent. You could commit to an extra fifteen minutes of reading. You could you could commit to reading through the entire New Testament or the the four Gospels, something like that. But it's a great time to add something to what you normally would practice anyway. But at the very least, make room to, in the midst of a busy season, maintain what you've been doing as we approach Christmas. With all without being a Scrooge, not not rejecting obviously offers of of um, or just gestures of of Christmas good wishes during the Advent season, and saying, "Well, it's Advent. I'm not wishing you a Merry Christmas, or I'm not taking your cookies, or like going I'm to not Starbucks." The- Would you guys mind changing the Christmas music? <laughs> it's not Christmas yet. Yeah, so don't be that person. Um, but on that note, one thing you can do within your own home, you could try to focus on only playing Advent music until Christmas. There's some good playlists out there uh, that are, are yeah. pre-populated with Advent music. Yeah, check out Spotify. Yeah, Spotify Advent playlists. Some good stuff. Yeah, all right. Is that it, Sally? I think so. Okay, well, that's all we have for Vernacular Podcast this week. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks and talk about food. We're going to do kind of a mashup of December food news and our favorite holiday foods. So I'm excited about that one. I've got a a surprise contrary opinion that is a reversal from previous years that I'm excited <laughs> to share with you all. I'm definitely overhyping this. And when I do the big reveal, you're going to be like, that was it. But we're excited to talk about food news in a couple of weeks. We're also going to have a joint podcast with the Popcast on Christmas music. Yes, that's, that's super excited. Really so if you haven't already found that or haven't listened to it, check out the Popcast on uh, wherever you get your podcast. That's with Josh and Maureen Goldman. And you can They're, save it and listen to it during the Christmas season. That's true. Or you could just <laughs> cheat a little bit and listen to it in Advent because that's probably what I'm going to do. All right. That's it. Thank you so much for listening to Vernacular. If you have anything you want to add or comment on something we said, Zach and Sally at vernacularpodcast.com. With that, have a blessed Advent. I'm by.